Welcome to the PMC Podcast, brought to you by Rachel Weber Bookkeeping, Neps Country Corner, Zach Screamery, Montgomery Welding, and all others who have donated to our ministry. Myself and my co-host, Nate Raber, hope you enjoy our episode today as we dive into biblical truths, talk to brothers and sisters in the faith, and explore what God is doing in the lives of his people. We pray today that God would be glorified. All right. Welcome to the PMC Podcast. Once again, Josh Schwarzenegger here with Nate Raber. Friday before fall break, and fall is in the air, Nate. A little chilly this morning. Yes, it was. A little crisp. Rained yesterday. What was that? It was yeah. wetness coming from the sky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I looked outside and I saw like some puddles in my landscaping. I thought, like, man, it didn't rain that much. Hmm. So I thought, you know, maybe I got a clogged gutter. Yeah, maybe it's overflowing. So I got outside, and my my spigot is running. Rowan, my dear son, yesterday, no. Um, like 24 hours before I found this, uh, needed a drink of water. Mm. So he went to the spigot, got himself a drink of water, and forgot to, forgot to turn it off. So my water bill is... I so mean, the water bill is going to be... How long was this thing running? 24 hours. Oh, my goodness. So um, you can send all any and all donations <laughs> to 113 North Eagle Drive. He's thirsty, Dad. It, that's he can be thirsty, but we had a little, we had a little talk about making sure we turn, turn things off, and if if he can't, make sure he asks. Is it a twist? Yeah, thing. The yeah. Oakland wouldn't be able to get ours because it's one of those like pull up. No, things. Maybe it's kind no, of this, this is the one on the house. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Whew. So uh, you know, my yeah, just watering the my grass is sufficiently watered. <laughs> just in that area where it goes downhill. So that's going to be nice green streak. Nice green streak yeah. right through there. Hey, that's why we have kids, man. Right? Mm-hmm. Just make our life great. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting is a good word. Interesting is a good word. Very interesting. Oh, man. We are just talking about how they sleep and how they make us not sleep. and Yeah. I saw a thing on Twitter, I think. That growing up is just telling people how tired you are and listening to other people <laughs> to tell you how tired how they tired are. They are. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh, hey, how was your day? Oh, I'm tired. I feel like that's everybody's. You answer. get to you get to lunch. Man, I'm tired. Man, I'm tired. I don't know what it is today. I'm just tired. Yeah, it's something. I could not sleep last night, so I, I could hear that line a lot. Oh, that's all right. That that's the the joys of growing up. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, we never used to talk about being tired. <laughs> no, now we're always tired. One of these days. One of these days. One of these days. We'll, yeah. go back. we'll be back to. Well, tonight I guess we're tomorrow morning. I, I make my treks to Gulf Shores. I am not looking forward to that. <laughs> looking forward to going to Gulf Shores, but the trek down. It's not a terrible drive, but it's not. It's not bad. It's still driving. It's still long. Yeah. It's still a long road. And I tell them, it's like 10 hours. Give me two hours of sleep, and I can drive the rest of the eight. All I need is somebody oh, you to don't, take two hours. You don't throw the complete game. I, I have. Oh, my. I have before. Did you, did you throw the complete both game? Both ways. Oh, really? I usually, yeah, usually both ways. Okay. I usually do, <clears throat> but there's I usually take a break. Every once in a while. You know, I don't I, need a big break, just a little break. I usually don't even need anybody in the bullpen warming up. It's just oh man, complete trust. Wow. Yeah. 
Give me a cup of coffee. You know what they say, you know, driving tired is worse than driving drunk. So that's true. I, 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 but you don't get tired. You I'm, drive during the day. No, we. we or is it night? Uh, well, going down, we usually leave at about three or four. Okay, see, that's what we're doing. So I don't think. But coming home, we coming home, we leave at about seven a.m. Probably. Oh, okay. So that's not terrible. No. Yeah, I think I could do it during the day. Yeah, but not, we drive during the night so the kids can sleep. So it's not bad during the day. Gotcha. Oh man, we are so old talking about <laughs> driving to Gulf Shores and our tricks. Do you take all I seventy through uh, thirty four? And no, we just take sixty five. Sixty five. I don't know how you go, but I don't. I wouldn't take seventy. Seventy goes east and west. Yeah, it's the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know roads. And the thing is, I'm not going to sit here and talk about it either. <laughs> that would make us even older. I swear, every time I'm going somewhere, Dad's first question: oh, How are you going? Which way are you going? South, uh, whatever the G- whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever the, GPS the GPS tells me. I oh, don't listen to that. <laughs> uh, why? Why would it take you that way for? That's what I hear sometimes. I don't know, Dan. It's gonna give. It's supposed to be faster. So this, is, this is faster. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, anyways, we are uh, continuing in our "When I Don't Desire God" series. We have this one and one more. And then we will be done. And do we reveal our next one? Or it's up to you. Okay. I don't care. Yeah. Well, we'll we're going from a book, like a or a, like a topic, to more of a book mm-hmm. study. And it is going to be on Revelation. Ooh. I'm trying to think which one's the. Oh, do you have a? Do you have a? That's probably not it. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. Not yeah. Not for Revelation. Nice. I don't, know. I don't know if Revelation's like the Twilight Zone, but <laughs> some people think it is. Close so. enough, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's just like every other book in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't have to get older, but yeah, we are excited about starting that. So we'll be starting that here in a couple of weeks. But until then, we have uh, another focus here today on prayer in the fight for joy. If you have been following along with us, that has kind of been our theme as we. Go through this book when I don't desire God, but the kind of the subtitle is the fight for joy. And we've been talking about several different things. Um, uh, last time we talked about this, it was God's word and the fight for joy. Uh, time before that, it was fighting like a justified sinner. Uh, time before that, it was uh, having our spiritual eyes open. We've talked about how fighting for joy is a gift of God. And then the call to fight for joy. Um and then the difference between desire and delight. And today we're going to be talking about the point of prayer in that fight. And uh, Nate, there's a lot of uh, church history here in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of a little bit of a mix. A little crossover episode. A little crossover episode uh, going through these two. But as we do this, uh, prayer, it's something that we've talked about on here before. We've did a series on it. Um but prayer is something that is important when it comes to this, and I think uh, Piper does a good job of bringing that out in this chapter. Mm. Yeah, there's a there's a heavy emphasis on prayer in the in, in Piper's book here, and and so we're going to look at you know what do we what do we do um, if we don't desire the word? We talked about that yesterday or last week um, about how important the word is um, in our fight for joy. But but he opens this chapter. Uh, with the question, what if, what if we don't desire the word? What if we read the the word and, and don't see anything that gives us joy? 
Um, or, you know, some people are in the camp of what if our joy is weak and, and our, our pleasures, the pleasures of the world are, are um, satisfying us more than our, than we're us being satisfied by God. And, and we prefer those pleasures. Um, and he says that, you know, this is not a, a new revelation. You're not the only person in the world to go through this, right? Correct. Uh, Paul, we, we talked about it extensively. Um, the psalmist, if you, if you read through the, some of those, and we've got some of those that we're going to bring out, um, early church fathers are going to talk about this. We'll talk about Luther here in a minute. Uh, but this is, um, a, a common place for believers to find themselves to, to find themselves kind of in the kind of in a dry spell. Um, and so the goal here is not to never get in a dry spell because that's just not humanly possible. Um, but the goal is not to stay there. How do we Correct. get out of that dry spell? And uh, like Parker brings out, prayer is going to be a very important way and method and tool for us to get out of that dry spell. Yeah. And I think that that is important that you bring out that point, Nate, that, if you find yourself in that dry spell, I, I feel like it's important to, for people to understand that that is not uncommon for for the uh, believer's life. Um, we are we're sinful. We're sinners. Um, we don't desire the things of God naturally. So um, when you find those times, it's important to do something about it rather than just to stay in that dry spell. And we've we both admitted on here before on different times that we've gone through those dry spells. And um, I think it's good to make sure that we are we have the tools that equip us to get out of it. And I think today is the first one. And uh, but the biggest thing is, is don't feel discouraged when you get in that. Um, like I said, there's several different instances in Scripture, and uh, you're about to read about Martin Luther, who uh, you know founder of the Protestant Church, basically coming and explaining to us that he maybe had some dry mm-hmm. spells. Mm-hmm. And so Luther, um, he he called this a misery. And so I'm going to read um, one of the things that he wrote while he was um, actually translating the Bible um, into German at this time. And this is in 1521. Uh, He says, I sit here at ease, hardened and unfeeling, praying little, grieving little for the church of God, burning rather in the fierce fires of my untamed flesh. It comes to this. I should be a fire in the spirit. In reality, I am a fire in the flesh with lust, laziness, idleness, sleepiness. It is perhaps because you all cease praying for me that God has turned away from me. For the last eight days, I've written nothing, nor prayed, nor studied, par- partly from self-indulgence, partly from another vexatious handicap. We find out uh, I cannot stand it any longer. Pray for me, I beg you, for, the, for in my seclusion here, I am submerged in sins. And so... Luther kind of just lays it out here, right? Um, and, and you know, if, if a guy that is translating the New Testament at the point is going through a dry spell, right? This is a very, um, I don't want to say common, but it's, it's something that can happen to not just you and me and, and, and people that we know, but it can happen and it did happen to some of these giants of the faith like Martin, like Martin Luther. Um, the fact that, that, he recognizes his laziness and, and lust and idleness and sleepiness. Um, I think that's the first step. But then what does he say? He says, pray for me, right? And, and this kind of opens Piper's chapter here um, of prayer and how do we use prayer to get out of that laziness and idleness and sleepiness like, like uh, 
like Martin Luther says. Well, and you can sit there and hear Martin Luther, like as you're reading that, Nate, you can hear the pain in his voice. You can hear the sadness. You can hear that he doesn't want to be in that place. And at the same point, um, as you're reading that, Nate, I can, I can, I can, fully attest to times in my life where I've been in that particular space too. And it's, it's terrible. Um, you know, you're not supposed to be there. You know, you're not, you need help. And like you said, he comes to the realization, which I feel like is important when you're in that dry spell or you're in that misery as he talks there, um, to not just stay in it, but to step back and realize that you are in it and realize that, there, there is a way out, and that's through prayer, praying, praying for ourselves, asking others to pray for us. Um, you know, my whole soapbox that I'll get on. You know, Martin Luther's not praying for, uh, you know, his stomach to stop hurting or his head to stop mm-hmm. hurting or anything physically, but he's in misery spiritually, mm-hmm. and he's asking for prayer spiritually. When's the last time somebody stood up at church and said? Man, I need prayers, guys. I've been in a dry spell. I feel like I have. I feel like I, the sins of my life have just been consuming me, and I, I just I need to get out of this. I need the desire for the word again. When's the last time we've seen that? I think I think we these dry spells. And I, I like what you said. Um, I don't want to use the word common either because if we use the word common, we almost make it seem like they're okay. Mm-hmm. So, but when's the last time that these dry spells have brought us to a place of misery? Rather than just a place of, ugh, I need to get back in my word. Yeah. So deep, deep hurt. Yeah, and that, and, and, we, and we can see that from Luther, and I think that should be our response. Um, and so his, Piper's chapter here, a prayer, and, and first off he starts by defining prayer, and he says, prayer is offering our desires unto God, right? And so however we pray, um is going to reveal the, the desires of our heart. If we mm-hmm. don't pray, pray for the spiritual things, then we don't desire spiritual things. Whatever we pray for is the things that we are going to desire. And, and I think I knew that, but just seeing that written down and seeing that uh, kind of explained, kind of opened my eyes that, that yeah, the, the things that I pray for um, are truly what I desire. So, so when I pray for people uh, to, you know, be healed and I pray for my kids and pray for my wife. I don't think those are bad things. Correct. Um, but how often do I pray for spiritual things and, and, and spiritual things in my life and spiritual things in other people's lives? Um, and I think that just shows that, that I don't desire those spiritual things. I desire a lot of physical things, Yeah. Um, but I don't desire a lot of spiritual healing and spiritual restoration. Yeah. And Alistair Begg, oh man, 15 minutes in. Uh, he, he wrote that book, pray big. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's been really good for me. Uh, it's been a while since I've got into it. It's in my, uh, suitcase ready to read on the beach there. But, um, in that book, he was talking about that same thing. Um, if we would take a log, uh, you know, we always say, look at someone's bank account. You can see where their heart is. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you would take a log of your prayers, you could really see where your desires are. And, uh, he talked about, you know, we always say, he said, Alistair always says that we always do those be with prayers. Ah, oh, well, be with, be with Melinda today as she goes to work. Be with Oakland and Kim. Be with Nate. Be with Rowan. You'll be with Rachel. Whatever it may be, we always see these be with prayers. And he said, look, look at what we're doing there. In those be with prayers, we're asking God to do something that he's already promised us he's going to do. But then in reality, it's, we'll be with them, keep them safe, um, 
put a hedge of protection around them. I mean, those, those are prayers that I find myself praying all the time. Um, and I've tried to, I've tried to switch that. I always pray with the boys on the way to the babysitters, whichever day that is. And I've tried to model for them and for me also of changing that to, you know, Hey, use Melinda today at work to show the grace, love, and mercy of, of her Lord and savior. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of just worrying all the time about protecting them physically, which isn't a bad thing. You understand what I'm saying, but what am I actually desiring spiritually? Am I praying for that in my own life? Am I praying that for other people? And uh, yeah, I think it's, it, it reveals our true desires. If we would take a log of our prayers and see how much are spiritual and how much are physical. Well, and, and it, I think it shows even the selfishness within their prayers, right? Cause, Absolutely. Cause you know, I want to pray, um, you know, that my kids and my wife are safe today and, and healthy, right? And why do I do that for me? Yeah. You know. I love them and I don't, I don't want anything want to happen to them. To happen. Right? Yeah. But then do I do I pray, you know, use them to further your kingdom today? You, yeah. you, you know, um, go get beyond those. The, I like the, I have to give Alistair some yes. credit here. I like those be with prayers, right? Because, you know, those those don't do a whole lot, right? That that doesn't that doesn't. You're asking God, like he says, you're asking God to do something he was already going to do anyways. Yeah, it's not like oh, okay. Well, Josh told me to be with Mullen today, uh, so I better go be with Mullen. Well, she was going to get a car wreck today, but I guess I'll <laughs> yeah, I'll go be with her. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and you like Alistair? He's solid. He's good. I like him. I just, I mean, a little overhyped, I think, by oh, by, oh. by some people. <laughs> Man, Ooh, okay. And so we see. Um, that we should pray for joy. Um, and, and when we're in those kind of plateaus or dry spells, praying for joy uh, and praying for, you know, everything else for the sake of joy um, is what Piper says is the most important. And, and I think that's something that, that we can actively do as well if we're in those dry spells and we're in those plateaus to, to pray for joy, to, to pray for that desire to be given back to us and, and for us to find that desire again. Um, and so we see, you know, how do we how do we do that, or what are some ways that we can do that, and 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 biblically prayer, uh, pr- biblically pray for that joy to come back, um, and how do we pray for that joy? And he says the first way is we can look at the Old Testament and and read the Psalms, mm-hmm. um, which I'm a big fan of. Absolutely. Um, and some examples of of some Psalms that that the early church, the early Christians had prayed for, um, that we find in their records. Psalms 90, 14, satisfy in the mo- us in the morning with your steadfast love. That way, meet, that way we may rejoice and be glad in all our days. Psalms 51, 8, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bo- bones that you have broken rejoice. Psalms 51, 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Psalms 85, 6, will you not... Revive us again that your people may rejoice in you. And just praying through, like I said, I'm a big fan of praying through the Psalms. Uh, but just praying from, uh, either through the Psalms or, or in, the, in the method of the Psalms, um, we see the psalmist's heart yearning for, for joy and yearning for God to, uh, to bring that desire back and, and, and that desire um, to not have, you know, the hedge of protection, desire for stuff, but the desire for joy, desire for um, being satisfied with your 
with your love that we may rejoice and be glad, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, we pray not just for joy, for joy's sake, just, you know, so we feel better, but joy that we can then experience God's love uh, even more. Yeah, well, and so I, I was going through a dry spell. I was later in the year last year, and I reached out to Keith Meese, and he had give, he had recommended to me a book, and it was basically how to pray the script, how to pray scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd mentioned on here before. I was trying to see if it's over there. But maybe it's at school. I need to get back in it again because I felt like during that time, my prayer life was very uh, effective and it was very uh, solid because I was praying the Psalms. I mean, all the things in there are are basically praying the Psalms and then praying uh, the Lord's Prayer that we find in uh, Matthew 6, I believe. Um, but I think that the important thing is, Nate, when we talk about there, if we, do you, and when's the last time we prayed for joy? Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at praying for joy... It really does shift the focus off of yourself and onto God because when I'm praying for joy, uh, I'm not praying for specific uh, things to happen in order for me to be joyful, mm-hmm. but I'm praying for joy that in the midst of whatever circumstance may come, I can still find joy in knowing that God loves me and He's His grace and mercies are new each day for me. Um, that's where I find my joy. So if my prayers have shifted from God do all these things, and if you do, then I'll be joyful. To God, let me be joyful today. So whether the kids aren't listening at school, whether my coworkers are driving me nuts, whether my kids aren't listening at home, whether my wife's not doing this, whatever it may be, anything that can derail me from being joyful, I can find joy in every circumstance because I'm seeking it, I'm desiring it. But I, like you said, I think that we our prayers become very conditional. Where it is, hey, God, do all these things. And if they do, then I'm not going to be joyful. It's like Kevin and I were talking yesterday. Uh, he's at the hospital right now, getting ready to have surgery around 8 o'clock today. And uh, he's had a rough week. Mm-hmm. And uh, just with the pain, uh, he was telling me about some of the pain. The guy is the toughest dude I've ever met in my life. Um, but he was just talking about, and he's, I, he, he was, we were talking about why this happened or whatever. And I said, he said, I've never doubted God's sovereignty. He said, but sometimes I just wonder why he would do, why he would allow some of the things to happen like this. And, uh, but he said, well, he was having a rough, rough stretch with it. And what did he do? Got right on his phone, texted Eric and I, Hey, pray for me, pray for me. I'm struggling. I did the same thing the week before. Um, and I admitted it in my sermon. I had a really rough week last week. <clears throat> Shot my text out to Kevin and Eric. Hey, can you pray for me? Instantly, I started feeling myself start to experience joy because I felt the saints praying for me. So I think it's one of those things where, yeah, we're not only praying for joy in our own prayers, but then we're also reaching out like Martin Luther was doing, we're reaching out and asking people to pray for us that we may find joy in the midst of our circumstances. So when we find that and we see that, we're going to start to see joy happen. Our circumstances may not change, but we start to shift our focus onto God, not our circumstances, and that's when joy can come. And I think mm-hmm. that that's where praying those psalms, praying the psalms, we see lamenting, we see uh, difficult circumstances, we see heartache, misery, whatever, but they're laying it out. They're, they're just laying it all out there. And in those prayers, they're asking for joy, and you see the passion behind that, and then that's what's shifting their focus. Yeah. And Jesus backs this up in, in John sixteen twenty four. He says, "Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy will be made full." Right. And and so, 
shifting our focus on our from our prayers or in our prayers from those those temporal physical needs to use create joy in my life whatever the circumstances are yeah and and that's and that's not, obviously you can pray for those specific things like don't don't hear us wrong here but it, what how much of your mm-hmm. prayers are being consumed by mm-hmm. those specific physical things you know what I'm yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's nothing wrong with with praying for Kevin in surgery today. Correct, absolutely not. Um, but like you said, you know, just praying that that he feels better is is okay. But but if you then look at or or pray, you know, use this, you use this to to further your kingdom to to, yeah. um, you know, use Kevin in the in the hospital bed to to witness to a nurse, right? Yeah. Um, to use those type of situations and pray for those type of situations. Pray for Kevin spiritually that whenever this, whenever he gets out of surgery, that you know he he can find joy amidst the pain and he can find patience in mm-hmm. in in recovery. And you know, what I mean, like there's different things there that we can pray for rather than just the healing. Mm-hmm. And it's in praying for those things, Nate. I mean, isn't that why suffering happens sometimes? That we can grow in those certain things. So why not we? Why are we not? Why aren't we just praying for the suffering to end? Why are we not praying for the growth to be in the suffering? Mm-hmm. That's what suffering's for. Yeah, exactly. And so, how do we see the the early church pray for joy? There's a couple of different ways um, that Piper lays out. First, he they he says they called on God to exalt His name. And, and so, how do we see joy through this? This is this is this is Piper's tagline, right? God is most satisfied, most glorified when we are satisfied, satisfied in, him. in Him, right? And so, if He is glorified. We will then be satisfied, and he uses uh, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. Quick question. Am I allowed to drink coffee while li- talking about Piper's book? <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. We'll allow it for today. <laughs> uh, he says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be, our, be your name uh, in Matthew 6, 9, right? We, we see God's name honored. Uh, it When we see God's name honored, this is the, the greatest joy Um of all who love God, right? Anybody that loves God to see his name honored. And, and the flip side of that, I think, uh, is something that one that popped in my head to see God's name dishonored should be the greatest despair. Oh yeah. That's uh, a good point of those who love God. Right. And, and so when we, you know, when I see things on, on Twitter, I know you're so much better than me and not on Twitter anymore. <laughs> I'm not better. I, I feel like my life, my life has been better. I, I mean, you're I'm, so much more, I'm not you know, more holy, so much more holy than I me. I feel like I have less negative influence <laughs> on my life now. Uh, I uh, told my brother last night, they were asking something about fantasy football. And uh, I said, Oh yeah, well what about this guy? That's kind of, kind of coming in behind him. That's playing pretty well. I think he may be taking snaps away from this guy. My brother goes, Oh, I didn't think you knew that. I said, I got rid of Twitter and fantasy football is all I got. So <laughs> I, I know everything about it. So it's still not, I'm still just consuming my life with other junk, but it's not X. So uh, anyway, when I find myself on X slash twitter.com uh, <laughs> and I see especially uh, clips from, from, you know, quote unquote churches, I don't even want to call them churches, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the, with I the, do miss those with the yeah. guy up front with the rainbow you know, thing on yeah. and, they're, and they're reading. I saw one, the, the sparkle creed, the sparkle creed. Oh yeah. And I just see that. And, and that just, that is, it's so, I don't know what the right word is. Sad, disappointing. When I see 
God's name being so dishonored. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just being spat on. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't, I don't even know the right word, but it just makes me sad to see yeah. this, this, whatever it is, um, kind of associated with God and, and used in such a profane way. Um, and so we should pray that, that God, his name is honored. Um, but I think we should, we should also pray that his name is not dishonored. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, that's a worthwhile prayer. Um, because then when he is glorified, when he's honored, then we are most satisfied in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And that's one of the things for me, um, one of the things that was becoming bad on Twitter is how angry I'd get at that stuff. And, you know, and I don't think that's, that's a sinful anger. You know, I mean, it was it was an anger more of, like you said, just a, dis, a despair that God's name was being dishonored like that. But then I think in my life, how many times do I dishonor God's name in, in what I do? You know, in just the way that, do I, do I participate in gossip? Do I participate in slander? Do I participate in this? Knowing that I carry the name of God on my on my chest as being a believer and I'm dishonoring his name by participating in this, these other things and treating people wrongly and different things like that. So like you said, Nate, I think we need to honor God's name. And I think that's why the Lord's prayer is starting with this because it, it truly, it shifts the focus on who we're supposed to be praying to and for and who's supposed to be glorified in it. It's not necessarily a moment where we're just going to God straight off the bat with, definitely, Father, here are here are what I have for you. No, the hall, the hallowed be His name. It's worth shifting that focus. And uh-huh. um, one of the cool things is um, with Kevin's surgery, um, he can't preach for a little bit, so I'm actually picking up um, next Sunday, and I've been prepping this week because I'll be going on vacation next week, um, and looking at the Leviticus Levitical Tabernacle. Um, I like to call it the Hebrews Tabernacle. Um, a little easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we're looking at that, the lo- with the way that's laid out, I found a really cool thing I was going to send you on how that is uh, associated with how we pray, how it's set up in a similar way. Have you looked at that before? Mm-mm. It's really cool. But it uh, it's the same thing. It's it's starting with the hallowed be his name. As you're entering through the door to the temple, you you know what you're going into. You know why, who this is building mm-hmm. is for, who this building is about, um, all these different things. So it's just cool how it walks through prayer. But uh, I, I think so many times, Nate, we can just dive into prayer and not and not take a moment to honor God's name for who he is and what he's doing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm as guilty as the next guy just to, to start in on my list um, and not spend time telling God who yeah. he is and, 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 you know, using Scripture, um, praying through Scripture, and thanking God for who he is and, and for being, um, for the, being the source of all our joy. Um, I think we, I get, I get very quick to get, get into my list, um, of requests and and lists of people I need to, I want to pray for. And, and And then who does prayer become about at that point? Exactly. And that's what I think it brings into the next one where it says, you know, they called on God to extend his kingdom. Um, the next part in that, in that verse is, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Piper brings out there that to pray for God's rule in someone's life is to pray for joy. Um, how oftentimes are we praying for that, Nate? Are we praying and we, and we've, we've, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this because we've been harping on this, but praying that in someone's life that we're praying for in our own lives, God, use me today to further your kingdom. 
put aside my agenda and allow me to be used to share your gospel, to show your uh, attributes, to show your grace and mercy to other people. That's the prayer that we should be having for not only ourselves, but for other people in the church, the the body of believers, because it is truly only living in the will of God that we will see pure, pure joy come. So I think that that's important that we're praying that. Next one, we see that the early church uh, Christians called on God for strength and endurance. Colossians 1.11, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious, glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. And so we see the early the early church has to pray for this. Um, yeah. Because of all the persecution mm-hmm. that they were enduring and, and all the things that they were going through, they have to pray to be strengthened and they have to pray for endurance. And I think that's one of the things that, that I don't pray for much mm. because right we, we don't have to. It doesn't it's not something that comes to my head Correct. Um, that I have to pray for endurance to be a, a strong Christian today, right? Because it, it doesn't take any effort to be a Christian. Uh, here in most of America and especially this area, it doesn't we don't have to endure anything. We don't have to have any strength to be a Christian because it's the common it, you have to you know, you have to have more st- strength and endurance to not be a Christian, it seems like. Yeah, and you have to, There, I think there's a, I think we, we have to understand, though, that there, we, we still need to pray for this. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying we shouldn't yes, pray for no, it. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, so we may not be persecuted, but I almost think that one thing I've thought about this week is I need to pray for strength and endurance that I don't fall into this, this nominal mm-hmm. uh go with the flow type of thing because everybody's doing it. It's yep. easy. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So we can fall into that same, as, as the same misery almost that Luther was talking about in here that we can just, yeah, we're Christians and it's not hard to stand up for different things, but it's very easy to fall into the, well, we're all Christians and we're just kind of going through the motions type of thing. So, but that takes strength and endurance too, because to keep that up each and every day, it's like I say, Nate, whenever we go to conferences or um, when kids go to bomb memory camp or whatever it may be, like you just feel like every moment of every day in those things, you're just feeling like, man, this is awesome. Like, this is great. Like, this is, this is great. Like, give me more preaching. Give me more singing. Give me all this stuff. And then we come home and it's like, eh. So pray for that strength and endurance to keep yep. going. Yep. Keep pushing through, even on those mundane days that you don't really think are really that uh, important. God's doing something. So pray for that strength and endurance to push through those not necessarily difficult persecution times, even though those are probably going to come. They will come. But pray for strength and endurance to push through even the laziness and idleness as uh, Luther was talking mm-hmm. about. And Piper says there's there's... It's not surprising that strength and joy are linked. We see in Nehemiah eight eight ten the joy of my Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength, right? And so both of these are are linked together. When we when we are relying on the Lord for our strength, that's when we have joy. When we're relying on ourselves, that's when we get burned out and we get tired and we get frustrated because we can't do it ourselves. We can't rely yeah. on our own strength. Well, and go back to what we talked about before: when trials come into our lives. Joy is the way we fight against trials. We find joy in the midst of our suffering. And in order to do that, we have to have strength. And that's where we find it. So, yeah, so it, I like that he brought that point up that strength and joy are linked because we would think that they'd be two opposite things. But no, the strength to get through suffering comes through finding joy. Mm-hmm. So, I like Absolutely. that. I like that com- com- combination. And the last thing that, that the early church Christians 
uh, prayed for was they called on God to save unbelievers. We see this in Romans 10, one brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to the God prayer to God is for them is that they may be saved, right? We, we, we pray for those uh, people to find God as most valuable, to, to bring joy to God, to, to bring, um, to show God's glory and to show and bring uh, glory to his name uh, by bringing more saints. Uh, and, and, and that's part of our prayers is to save those people that, that do not believe, that have hardened their heart, um, whether they're in, in our lives, pe- people we know personally or, or people um, that we see on TV or in our government. Um, this is something that those early church Christians did because there was a lot of them, right? Christianity is a very small religion, so there's a lot of people to pray for that, that God would, would come uh, and, and kind of light that fire so that they could be saved. Moment of truth, Nate. I'm terrible at this. Okay. Terrible at it. Like, as you're, as you're sitting and reading that, I'm just thinking, like, when was the last time I prayed for someone to desire God? Like, you know what I mean? Above all other things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I pray for other things. Like, it's just, it's just another waking up moment here. It's just like, I pray for other things physically. And I think us as a church don't do a very good job of this either. But where where are we at in actually praying for our family members, our co-workers, our people that we see each and every day? When's the last time we just sat and prayed for them? And I think the reason is, Nate, is because we see them each and every day and they physically maybe look fine. And they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, they really come to mind. But like, are they saved? Yeah. If not, then why aren't you praying for them? You would pray for them if they had cancer because you know that maybe it could be terminal and that their life could end. But why aren't you praying for the biggest mm-hmm. problem? Yeah. It's just having spiritual eyes to truly see individuals on a spiritual level rather than just a physical. And I think that goes back to what we talked about a little bit earlier this, in, in this area, especially that we live. Most people go to church. Mm-hmm. Or go to a church, or yeah. right, and so you know the when we think of, of those coworkers or our family members, most of them probably go to a church or attend yeah. a church or would call themselves Christians if you ask them. And so I think that that's one of the one of the reasons why I think we we lack this or I lack this is because well you know they go to church, so you know they maybe you know they. They probably are Christians. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, right? Yeah. And like you said, I think it's just like a, like you said, it's just a cop out. But we're, like we're called to discern and we're called to see fruits. And, you know. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. In, in the, the, we know. In, in the back of my mind, I know that. Yeah, we know. This guy's, he's, he's not. Yeah. There's, there's, there's not a whole lot of evidence in his life that, no. that he's, that he's, that he's truly saved. Correct. And so I should be praying for him or her or whoever as as fervently as as i should anybody else yeah it'd be completely ignorant for me to just sit here and say oh okay well everybody in my church is saved mm-hmm. seriously no like, you don't mean because we've got such good pastors yeah yeah such good pe- preaching <laughs> how could they not be <laughs> but yeah no it's just it's 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 stupid I and mean, it's, it's it's the paul washer method whenever he went to guest preach at another church and they said what are you preaching on today? He said, oh, the gospel. And he goes, no, 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 no. Like all these people, they're, they're saved. Church people he said, I could never assume that. And that's my thing. It's like, when's the last time I've, I've just, 
saw an individual struggling and I just prayed, God, just, just open their eyes to see. And I have prayed that for, um, heck, I don't even think they're listening, but I prayed this for my brothers for a little, a long, long time. And I'm starting to see the fruits of that, you know what I mean? In, in, in their lives. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully that, that keeps, that keeps coming. But, uh, it's one of those things where these kind of prayers, Nate, aren't just one time prayers. Yeah. These are, these are long, long suffering prayers where you are praying for someone for a long time in this. And I think these can be the most rewarding prayers. Absolutely. Uh, because when they do finally feel that call, when they do finally have that spark, yeah. uh, you can look back and on the, the months or years that you've prayed. Um, and, and then that should, again, lead us to thankfulness uh, for God's faithfulness to, to answer those prayers yeah. and, to, and to be faithful in that. I just talked to somebody the other day that said that they've been praying for this individual for a long time. And, uh, they're starting to see fruits now and, and, and praise God. I get to be a part of that and walk with them and talk with them. And, you know, this individual texted me the other night pretty late and, uh, we were just talking about different things and he was asking questions and it's, it's, it's good. It's awesome to see, um, those prayers being answered. And those are the most important prayers. Yes. I love when people get healed from cancer. Don't hear me, don't hear me out. Like I love to see those prayers answered as well. Um, but cancer is not going to being healed from cancer is not going to save them for eternity. Mm-hmm. Like that's a blessing and we should, we should praise God for that. But man, when's the last time we just stood up as a church and we, we gave the Lord a round of applause because someone saw the light and came to God. Mm-hmm. Cause the angels, it says celebrate when that happens. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's the greatest answered prayer. I think that we could ever see. And Piper then finishes up talking about prayer and meditation and the, and the difference of prayer and meditation and how they go together. And, and he defines prayer as our response to God in reliance on his spirit, right? This is, this is our reliance that, that God will work through his spirit uh, to answer those prayers. Meditation on the other hand is our response to God in reliance to his word. And so when we pray, Right, we we praise for uh, we give God's praise um, for His perfe- perfections. We thank Him. We confess. We ask for help. We ask for those people that um, mm-hmm. like we've just talked about for the last forty two minutes. Uh, but on the on the flip side, I think this is what kind of gets missed is is not only should we be praying without ceasing, as Thessalonians says, but we should also be meditating. Mm-hmm. And and so, what is meditation? Piper says that's the counterpart to prayer. This is the memorizing and the reading of Bible of the Bible and chewing on it to get its sweetness and nourishment. Yeah. Um, and and so even though we are praying without ceasing and that kind of that hack and cough method that I like to say, uh, it just kind of never goes away. We're always kind of it's not it's not constant prayer because that's impossible. Um, but it's that hack and cough that mm-hmm. just every once in a while we just we're in that attitude. We're just in that attitude of prayer. Meditation fills in those gaps where we are memorizing, yeah. where, where we're chewing on the Bible, chewing on what we read, uh, scriptures, memorized scriptures pop in our heads, um, and we we think and mull on God's word until we see that that until we see God, how the authors of the Bible saw God as as precious, valuable, beautiful, and desirable. And this last part is something I'm not very good at. I get very busy and I'm sure most people are the same way. We, we get busy and we got 700 things to do. 
um, and and mulling on the word and, and thinking about the Bible and thinking about the, the scriptures is one of the last things that comes to my head. The first thing that comes to my head is what do I have to do for class? What do I have to do for this? What do I have to do for that? What do I have to do for when I get home? How many bills do I have to pay for the church? Who, you know, how many checks did I, do I have to write? Um, all of that comes to my head first. And I think this is something that I need to work on. I know it's something I need to work on and ask God for help in my prayers to be able to meditate, to, to bring scripture to mind. Um, and, and one way I, I need to do that obviously is, is to get into the word more and, and be saturated, um, in the word. And so we've got prayer. That's kind of that active praying. And then meditation is that kind of that active listening. Yeah, no. And I think that that's, that's a good, and I love the, the, using of both prayer and meditation here. Cause like you said, Nate, I think we can, we can find ourselves praying. Um, but then how often are we meditating? And if we're not meditating, we're not going to pray well. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we don't know what to pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. How do we, and then, um, how do we hear God speak? How do we hear God, uh, lead? How do we, how do we, how do we see this? Well, that, that comes in the meditation. And, uh, I think that this is important when it comes to our spiritual lives is both the prayer and the meditation. We have to understand what it is that we are to pray, and then we are to pray. Mm-hmm. But if we don't know what to pray, then we're not going to pray. Or if we're just meditating for head knowledge, then we're not going to find the need for prayer. But there's no reason why that you, there's no, there's no explanation of if you are meditating, you're not going to pray because Scripture is all about prayer mm-hmm. and reliance on God. Mm-hmm. And if you're praying, then you're going to be meditating because you're going to want to continue to grow and you're going to continue to desire the things of God. So I think you have to have both and both are going to be beneficial in your life. And the meditation part, Nate, is like you said, it, it it's time consuming. We can find ourselves meditating on so many different things. And um, it's just a big reason why I got rid of Twitter. So I didn't fill my time downtime with other things that weren't uh necessary and uh then it freed me up to spend more time on other things have i done a great job at that Eh, at times you know but there's always other things that are going to creep in so i think it's important that uh we find we pray for that desire to have a desire for the word to have that desire to pray and Finding that joy in our prayer and meditation is what's going to keep us coming back to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to find ourselves, we may find ourselves, and we probably will find ourselves in uh, those miserable times, as Luther described there. But I guarantee you, when we find ourselves putting an emphasis on prayer and meditation, then we will find ourselves, it will, it will find ourselves easier. It'll be easier for us to get out of those dry spells and get back to where we need. Um, so advice I would give people out there today is uh, pray, 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 and ask people to pray for you. Don't, don't look at it. Hopefully Nate and I this morning, just kind of opening up, you know, of our weaknesses. Hopefully everybody understands that it's okay to struggle. It's okay to, to not desire at times. It's okay to not be joyful all the time. Um, don't stay there, mm-hmm. but it's okay to admit that. Because like I said, Nate, like you mentioned there, if, if Luther wouldn't have had that realization of the misery that he was in, he would have never gotten out of it. So I think you got to come that time of realization and then turn to prayer. 
And then once you turn to pray, then you, then you continue to meditate and it's on those that you truly find where joy can be found. So anything else, Nate? That's it. That's all you got. That's all I got. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Hopefully you guys got something out of this. I know for me, it was really good and encouraging. So uh, keep praying, keep meditating. And remember, joy is found in the Lord. Until next time, I'm Josh Schwartz with Nate Raver. God bless.